Welcome to the Roma Press Podcast with John Solano and Andy Mattioli. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Thank you for tuning in. It's another episode of the Roma Press Podcast. We hope you are doing well. Before we get into everything, I have to say welcome and thank you to our newest patron over at Patreon, Robert from Vancouver. Robert, thank you so, so much for your support, and thank you to all of our wonderful patrons for your support during this very peculiar and difficult 2020. So your continued support during this difficult time is incredibly appreciated, so thank you to all of our wonderful patrons. So Andy, I sort of have two feelings about this very good result that Roma attained yesterday. So there's one side of me who is beyond thrilled with the performance, the result, of course. And then there's the other side of me that is beyond annoyed, sort of angry, I guess, dumbfounded by the national media and various national newspapers in in Italy, their response and their analysis of this match from yesterday, more so in regards to the refereeing performance, because you would have thought that this was a match that Roma had stolen right under the noses of Torino and that it was undeserved and that essentially Torino were hard done because of the incorrect refereeing decisions by Abizo. So let's let's go with the positive first, because I could go on for 15 to 20 minutes all on my own without taking a breath and unleashing how I truly feel about some of these national journalists and national media figures and newspapers, so on and so forth. But let's begin with the positive. That was very good yesterday in terms of result, performance, a little bit of a drop off towards the end of the towards the end of the match in the last 15 minutes, I would say. But beyond that, there's not really anything we can complain about from yesterday evening, right? This was a good victory, and they deserve that victory. And anybody who says otherwise, either A, didn't watch the match, or B, has an agenda, full stop. That's it. Correct. I I was, uh, my immediate reaction following the game was uh, uh, just, I was surprised to see how, you know, how many complaints there were considering the result. Um, it seemed oh. like... T- it seemed like Roma shithoused their way to that victory, you know? Uh, that, exactly. That, that victory didn't come from Roma uh, playing well, but just Roma having the luck or having the referee on their side. And, um, you know, you can even rewatch that game. And up until the last 20 minutes when we drop off, uh, Roma were in complete control of the game. Um, they, they, the, the goal that led to the, the Pellegrini's goal, the action that led to the goal demonstrates how Roma were still on their game yesterday, despite playing, you know, a mere three days after the, the match against Bologna. Um, they came out, they controlled the game, they dictated the tempo. Uh, you know, obviously, opposition in, in the form of Torino, um, isn't you know i i said it it's not a big test this wasn't the big test this was a test to see whether you still had it in you um to to carry on that same type of performance from the bologna game to this one and i was uh, partially satisfied uh because this team performed well and uh the the usual suspects uh in, in positive terms. So Spinazzola, Mkhitaryan, Pellegrini also, again, had a great game. Uh, so the there were performances that left to be desired. I, uh, you know, like Dzeko, I mean, aside from getting fouled and, and winning that penalty, I, I don't remember much uh, of Dzeko, to be honest. Um, and so on. I mean, and the defense, obviously, in the last 20 minutes, again, it was um, Ibanez in the last 20 minutes, not, not not too positive. But you will never find me uh, complaining about a victory. Never. I mean, it can be the ugliest win you can possibly find, and I'll still come out happy because at the end of the day, it's three points. But here... I don't get the controversy in terms of performance. I thought this was a fine performance on a on a, a, a Thursday night. You you know you in in three days time you're playing against uh, Atalanta, so that was uh, totally uh, satisfactory from from Roma. 
I, I really am trying to stay away from the post-match analysis from this from the from the media. I, I really am, but I really don't understand why Roma are not getting more credit because I thought that they were decisively the better side. Um, the answer is quite simple. It's just because the sending off took place in the in the fourteenth minute. If I believe that if the sending off of that same player with that same foul happened around, say, the seventieth minute, nobody says a thing. Nothing. Silence. Complete utter silence. Yes. I think all things considered, unless my eyesight is failing me, I do wear glasses. So let me preface everything by saying that I do wear glasses I don't think my sight though is deteriorated to the point where I can't see a very clear and obvious foul if those two instances yesterday were not bookings then whatever Pedro did be nullified completely Roma should be given monetary compensation because those two fouls yesterday by single that he committed in my opinion were clear they were obvious and it is as if the media, and Torino themselves, because their their behavior yesterday was despicable. <laughs> Especially when you consider, yeah. if we look at Paolo Fonseca uh, at the break uh, against Sassuolo, the way he approached Maresca and was sent off within 10 seconds. Compare that to yesterday. It's as if Roma are supposed to apologize for the stupidity yep. of an opposing player. Is, I, I mean, is that what they want? They, they, you know, they want, do they want Fonseca in his post-match press conference to, to grovel? To, to, to offer to back the three points, yes. Exactly. I mean, what is this? Two yeah. clear fouls, two <laughs> bookings, and that is that. Roma should apologize for a guy being an imbecile? Give me a break. Come the, on. The, the, to me, the funniest thing is that people say that foul on Jacob was not a penalty. Okay, <laughs> yeah, let's yeah. okay let's let's imagine that that it's not a penalty because supposedly the foul takes place before he enters the penalty area. That is still a red card for Bremer, and that leaves Torino in nine men. So I don't exactly. know what is what exactly is the point of that. Even though he catches. Because because he catches Jekyll on the leg, um, people are discussing something that was probably a matter of millimeters, if mm-hmm. it was. Yes. And uh, the foul, the, the the red card on Singo is always going to be a red card because every time the way he lifts up his leg with the with the with the cleat um, right up into the Spinazzola's ankle, there is a clear angle camera angle that shows the the touch on his ankle it's always gonna be that so i don't you know i um it's funny because again it shows you the power of the narrative uh yes because i must you know i i don't remember that many uh, uh experts in red cards and yellow cards in the game against sassuolo i don't remember that i remember so many people raising their voices in Sky Sport, the media set, um, Gazzetta dello Sport. That, mind you, I want to remind people: the owner of Gazzetta dello Sport, mm-hmm. one of the largest newspaper sports newspapers in Italy, um, is the owner of Torino. For those of you that maybe are not, you know, particularly into that, there is politics involved in that. Urbano Cairo runs Torino; he runs Gazzetta dello Sport. So. He's like a mini Berlusconi, but but without the hookers and the plastic surgery. But uh, but the point the point remains that uh, also Bologna game. Do you remember the foul on VR? That foul could have cost VR a a a, a pretty a big injury. I mean, come on. Yeah, that was and to revoke that to revoke that red to even consider the possibility of revoking that red with with the VAR is ridiculous. Again, there was complete utter silence. So. It's um it's the power of the narrative. It's the fact that uh these these big you know like Sky Sport. What are they gonna talk about if Roma win three to one? Um, then it's a Thursday evening. They have nothing to talk about. So you have to you have to squeeze everything out of it. And um, I mean we've seen so many headlines that at the end of the day, sort of the game remains in the background while the refereeing display uh is on the foreground and um. I don't know. I don't want to, you know, make up conspiracy theories, but I'm I'm gonna be 
I'm going to be interested in seeing how how the Atalanta game is refereed, especially Aye. especially since the man on the VAR that was yes, yes present yesterday, Di Bello, Marco Di Bello, he is Marco going to be Bello. yes, he's going to be the number <laughs> one official against uh, Atalanta. I want to see how he responds to the pressure that has has been created about you know the 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 questionable use of VAR. I want to see how he reacts in a game where it's uh, where Roma again is involved. Just getting back to the match, and I know again you and I are both fired up about this. I mean, I'm just looking at some of the headlines from other journalists, and it's despicable. From from Roma's perspective, listen, I always thought that certain clubs they have these uh, what do you call them like uh, trap teams, like teams that they they always struggle against. Doesn't matter how bad or how good the other team is doing. Just historically, it's a team that gives certain clubs trouble, and. It seems like Torino has sort of turned into that for Roma in in recent years. I know it seems like ancient history, but I feel as if that match in January against them at the Olimpico will never leave me because of how bad that was. Yes, and also also the, the Coppa Italia game under Eusebio Di Francesco, remember, where we just Mm. dropped out like... And uh, they get eliminated. Yeah. <laughs> so this is a team that has caused Roma problems over recent years. And I understand new manager, new players. It's just something in the water. It's difficult to describe. But yesterday, other than a few occasions, I thought there were so many positive performances. Spinazzola yesterday, phenomenal. VR Andy, I, I can't say enough about him. He is doing what I wanted Diawara to do. And he's doing it on a more consistent basis. In a way, I kind of feel bad for Diawara because he goes out to COVID to no fault of his own. Just seems like now that Diawara is a distant memory. This guy does not even factor into the plans of the supporters. Correct. The manager himself. But I don't care, I guess, what has to be done to get VR on the pitch. It has to be whatever it takes. He has to be there now, Andy, because... He's playing way too good, and he's showing way too much. He has to play. He has to. I I, I agree, and um, to to an extent, it pains me to even think about the Atalanta game, uh, possibly without VR, because I do think that Fonseca will uh, rely on, on Pedro starting, um, trying to regain his form after missing uh, one game and then playing a small portion of this one. Um, uh, I think it, it, it's going to be a, a question of fatigue. At the end of the day, these are these matches are so closely uh, put one next to another. Three days here, two days here, really, because it's um, yeah, it's it's not that much time to to regain all the energy that, that, that the players need. So uh, it just seems that VR is playing at a in a very effortless manner. Uh, he does very complicated things, uh, and he makes them look very, very easy, simple. Never really, he he never had this uh, shock, you know. When you when you you tend to see these younger players put in situations where they struggle, I can't really can't really recall a game where he started where he wasn't one of the better performers. Uh, when where maybe he, could, he, he looked scared or wasn't present enough. I think that he has incredible personality for someone, again, of, of, of his inexperience and, and, um, and his uh, sort of physical appearance that doesn't really rank him among the, the, the butchers and, 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 and the, various, <laughs> the various really uh, physically imposing characters that populate the world of Serie A. Um, so I do think, though, however, that we will see a midfield of Pellegrini and Vertu uh, against Atalanta and, and eventually Pedro up there with Mkhitaryan and Dzeko. Now, to me, obviously, in a game like this where you had, I mean, Mkhitaryan, uh, seven goals, five assists. Incredible. And, he was he, he, Him and Pellegrini were the next ones I was going to bring up. Yep. And he yeah, free. And, they got him and, for free. Yeah, and and to think about you know this is the right now the statistics that he has seven goals five assists is more or less what he had at the end of last year. At the end of last year, I believe he had like nine goals and five assists, um, and and that just shows you that 
this this is a player that right now is on another level. He every ball he touches, he turns it into gold. Um, same for Pellegrini, who was uh, yesterday ranked one of among the best Serie A players of the week. Um, just just playing on a consistent uh, high level, and and that that is what you need right now, um, especially going into a game against Atalanta. Uh, to me, the the another factor that where you need him to 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 just. To be as consistent as these two is Jekyll. He, he, you know, it's um, for me. He can break all kinds of records. He can, you know, he can be up there with the best of them. He can be our third highest ranking goal scorer. But at the end of the day, I need him to 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 be present to perform, just like Mkhitaryan and Pellegrini. Um, because again, this is a team that is in transition. It, right now, it may not seem like one. I remember after the Napoli game, everybody was like, "Oh wow, maybe this that the team is not so good as we believed." Well, that this team is is that same team. The one we saw against Napoli is the team we're seeing today, and the team we saw a month and a half ago. Um, this cape, this team is capable of doing many things well and 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 just playing the right way, and also, um, you know playing a disappointing brand of football and uh, eventually, uh, you know, losing concentration or just not showing up like they did at the San Paolo uh, or rather the Diego Maradona Stadium. But the, the, the thing is that this is, this is a, a team that is in transition. It has some pieces that are very inexperienced that now I think are overperforming, like VR, um, even like Ibanez with his occasional mistakes. Uh, and then they have these reference points, and I think for this team to really, really work on a consistent basis and and compete against the teams that they find find themselves among right now uh, in the standings, you know the the Milan's, the Juve's, the Inter's, the the, the Napoli's, um, Atalanta, Lazio, even you have to. Um, you have to have everybody on the same page. I think that Dzeko is that one piece that, despite his goal against Bologna, despite playing relatively well in that match, needs to just bring it up a notch. That's, I think, in, in, it's going to be crucial for the Atalanta game to be able to counter you know, their strong uh, forward in, in Zapata, their, their, you know, their, their quick... Uh, uh, wingers and 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 that physical physical midfield that they have with Deron and Freuler, um, you just you you need to have Jeko work uh, at the, on the same page as as Mkhitaryan as Pellegrini. I would say that he is underperforming from the lens of how many goals that he right. has. Four goals, yeah. Four. Now, if you look at the number of chances he's had, I would argue he should be somewhere right near Mkhitaryan. If we're looking right. at the Bologna match alone, Andy, he could have easily had an additional two to three goals yep. to his name. Yes, he is underperforming from a statistical standpoint. I do think he is still being effective, but I want to counter what you brought up here. You and I, one of our concerns about Roma before the start of the season was what? This team does not score when you remove Megatarian and when you remove Dzeko. They have no other way of scoring goals. Well, mm -hmm. uh, so far this season at least, they are finding other ways and other players are stepping forward and scoring. So if we're going down the list, now I understand that the sample size that we have is not exactly huge, okay? Still a lot of football to be played, particularly from the league standpoint, but Veritu has six, albeit All, most yeah. of them are penalties. penalties. I don't care. Yeah, A goal is a goal. Pellegrini, he has two. Pedro has three. Majoral has one. However, I thought that was a very unselfish play from him yesterday on the layoff to Pellegrini. You could easily have made that the was, case yeah, that he that was fun. could have and should have even been more selfish and taken the goal himself. And then finally you have Pinazzola, Kumbula have one. So the distribution of goals beyond Mkhitaryan and Dzeko is much better than it was last season, and I think that is something they needed. Now, Pellegrini only being on two, I think, is criminally low, but th that's okay. I'm not going to criticize him only because these last two to three matches, yep. this has probably been the best run of form that he has had but, since he came back. But the goal, the goal against Torino, the goal that we saw him 
the the shot that he takes against Turin is not a shot that he takes a month or two ago. That's, no, no, a I, that's what a I rocket. always wanted from him. To, to I mean, he by Mayoral lays it off for him, and he just takes it. You know, usually he would have hesitated. There, he just has one more touch, and then he just just launches it into the upper corner, and it's it's that kind of thing. That he never dared to do, and that's that was sort of the the big question mark. If he can keep doing this, then then that would be an incredible contribution to the team. When we do these podcasts, when the matches are going on, I write down notes, and one of the things I wrote was Pellegrini versus Sassuolo versus the Pellegrini against Torino against Sassuolo he d- he gets into the area he has the opportunity to score he lays it off for Jekyll Jekyll scores but the goal is eventually ruled out and then I see what he did yesterday when he just takes this absolute thunderous shot and it ends up in the back of the net I want to see what he did yesterday more he's playing way more pissed off from what we've seen from Pellegrini up to date I just thought you cannot have this shy timid demeanor at a club like Roma. But you have to be angry. Yes, and I thought that is something he would have to change, and he would have to change it pretty quickly. Now, I don't know how much you can change when you're 24 years old. You've been playing at the club for a few years now. I don't know if that's just who you are. That you know That is who he is, and you learn to adapt to it. But I thought he had to play more angry. I think he had to display a bit more hunger. And these last two matches, I think he has done that he has turned it up by by tenfold. It doesn't even look like the same guy. He is playing with this this like air about him that we just haven't seen. Do you feel that way too, or do you think this is just simply, you know, the Roma? They play two sides that aren't that great, and and he's doing good. I don't think that is only a matter of, of bad opponents because Roma played bad opponents last season as well. I mean, Serie A every year it seems like they have that lineup of, of teams that are just excruciating to watch. And um, yeah, you watch them and you feel sorry for actually the players that are part of that team. And um, yeah, Torino just don't look up to the challenge. Same as Fiorentina, same as Genoa. These are teams that if one could decide they would all go to Serie B because that would probably be the best thing for them and for Serie A. But, Things aside, Roma, uh, you know, Pellegrini is 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 a typical Roma player in terms of he's very moody. You know, it's uh, he's he, he he I think he's always struggled to to play great. For example, despite the team playing crap, you know, he's he he never sort of was that guy that you can still count on on crap days. But uh, now. Again, that shot, that shot is something that he never takes. That shot is 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 something the the power behind that shot, the accuracy behind that shot because I've seen I've seen Pellegrini take shots from outside the box or um and usually they ended up uh in my garden. Uh so <laughs> so, so I'm just saying that that is that is a goal that shows you that it's there is much more to 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 this to this version of Pellegrini. Now, obviously, the question arises whether he can keep it up, whether he can reproduce the same performance against a team like Atalanta. That will put the pressure on you. You know, this is not you're not looking at a, a Giampaolo led team. You're looking at a Gasparini well oiled machine that. Yes, you can you can have all the rumors that you want. You can have you know all the disputes between uh, him and Papu Gomez. At the end of the day, this is a team that will always find a way to put you in a tight spot, and um, you know that's that's what they do on a regular basis. So it's gonna be interesting to see whether whether we can see again this Pellegrini because I think that performance is like the one that he's pulled in these last couple of games um, should not fade away so easily you know same as the team overall team performance that we saw against Bologna and Torino in in, in the first uh, 70 minutes or so um, up until the third goal really uh, 
are uh, are not performances that you should just scrap and forget about. These are the good things that you should take uh, forward with you. And um, against Atalanta, that has to happen. It, it cannot be again. Um, I know we're just shifting into different territory here, but I want to get this because uh, this, you know, it, it cannot be another one of those performances where you just say, "Oh, we did not show up." Whoopsie, you know. Let's, right. Exactly. Let's move forward. Exactly. I, there has been, you know, there has been too much talk around the Napoli game and around the last couple of good performances where you sort of that were sort of the counter argument to all the wrong things that you did against Napoli, which is basically you just you just gave up. You never showed up in the first place. You just it, it was it was a done deal before the whistle blew anyway. So. Uh, this this Atalanta game is the real test. This is the moment where you know we Roma come from two good wins and want to carry on. That uh, Fonseca wants to show up, wants to sort of nullify the argument of oh he, he you know he can't play against the top sides. This is it. And for a lot of players like Pellegrini. Um, this is the moment where you can, again, prove the critics wrong, um, probably in an even you know, more in a superior way that, listen, this is who I am. This is how I'm playing right now. Um, deal with that. Uh, and I don't know what the chances of, of seeing a, a good game against Atalanta are. This is a team that, John, we haven't, I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, we haven't won a game against Atalanta since that free kick. In I was just about to say, the f- yeah, yes. from Kolarov, right? Opening day of the 2017-2018 mm. season. So that's that's in August 2017. That's well over three years ago. That's how, that's how long we have been missing uh, a good convincing performance against Atalanta because... This is a team that has dominated as that has pressured us. That, that remember that time when where we were three nil up, and they they I was they just made about a to say you and me recorded oh, right after that. Yeah. That was, I mean, Deflating. that was the match where Pastore scored a backheeled goal. Yeah, uh, what what? Yeah, just to see it erased. This is a complicated, complicated game. If you ask me. How confident I am to to see us pull a victory! I I must say, and despite all the cheerful atmosphere, the the holiday season, and us trying to be positive and being positive for the last couple of episodes, um, this I'm not very confident for a victory because uh, for so many years now we we've seen this uh, you know this match go mostly one way. That uh, coming into this game with the track record that we have against. This side and sides like Atalanta, um, I just can't feel too confident. At the same time, I will acknowledge though that if you if you if you show me that you can win this game um, right before Christmas and then go on and, and win against Cagliari, that would be probably the best Christmas gift Roma could could do for us, the fans. All right. Well, you just brought it up. Let's shift to the upcoming match against Atalanta. So very peculiar match from the standpoint of you have Fonseca who has struggled against the big sides. I don't want to go into his record against the big clubs in the city again, but we all know what it is. It's terrible. And then you have Atalanta. You have an Atalanta that has been Jekyll and Hyde this season. You have the good Atalanta that we've seen in the Champions League, albeit aside from the part where... You have the captain and Papu Gomez having a go at the manager Gasparini during the break against Mitchelland, but progressing anyway. Then you also have the league version, one that has dropped numerous points, one that has lost to Sampdoria, they've dropped points to Spezia, and they just lack the consistency between Europe and league, which probably speaks to the lack of depth that they have within the team. But for me, this is so difficult because you don't know which Atalanta you're going to get. Are you getting the one that gets a good result and draws with Juve? Or are you getting the one who can't even beat a Sampdoria side that has very little in terms of play? They just sit back and they hit you on the break. I don't know 
which one to expect. And I know this is, again, a very terrible answer because I'm sitting on the fence. I have misread this Atalanta every single match this season. When I expect them to lose, they win, and then vice versa. So I, I really can't give a very good prediction on this one because I have no grasp as to which one is going to show up. I can't see us take a victory out of this team. It's, it's it, you know, the matches against Atlanta have, seen, have been so deflating, either because they were way superior to us and, and they would slap us around, or we would just, you know, again, shoot ourselves in the foot just by being up three to nothing and then um, the match ending in a draw for some reason. And it's been like that <laughs> ever since August 2017. So I, I it's uh, this is a team that you know. Uh, think about that 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 Juve game that they played. That was objectively a bad game from them. They didn't really do much, but they still did enough to limit Juve. And I'm not saying that Juve this season is a super team, but. That was on a bad day. On a bad day, they still against a team that they are competing against for the the Champions League spot. Uh, they 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 still manage to limit them, and I think that this Roma is so against these sides has consistently shown emotional fragility. Whether it was against Inter or it, it, they could even put in a good performance and then, you know, make that one mistake that costs you the game or not show up at all, um, like against Napoli, where they just looked intimidated uh, for no reason because Napoli didn't really play an excellent game. They just took advantage of Roma not showing up. So I'm afraid that, that Atalanta, despite all the circumstances that point to a team that is fragmented, that is not a team anymore, that whose captain is on his way out, whatever. This is still a team that rattles Roma every time, every chance they get. And and I I really hope that this could be the game where we turn this around, where for once, for once, we go against expectations. Um, I I really I would love to see them. You know, uh, just telling me to you know s- screw you, Andy. We'll we'll prove you wrong. We'll we'll win this. But again, I'm looking at a track record of Roma versus the top teams and Roma versus Atalanta. And I really, despite all the optimism that I could get, you know, that I could muster from these last two episodes, I just I just don't have enough of it to to say that I have confidence. In, in in leaving Bergamo with a win. So I would say one of the ugliest performances that we have seen under Fonseca was that you just mentioned it, the away match. Do you remember the first away match uh, of Fonseca from last season in Bergamo when after the match Fonseca just said, well, they man-to-man marked us and we yep. had no answer for it. And that was essentially his post-match press conference that <laughs> it was Weird from the sense that he said they did the same thing the whole match, but he didn't have any answer to it. it that was the thing that really confused me. You can go back and read the quotes. It was it was a very bizarre post-match press conference, but I have always been critical. Now, for Fonseca, I thought, again, the discussions about him getting the sack, had it been for anybody other than Allegri, I, I thought was a bit silly earlier in the season, but... I hate pointing back to this, but we talk time and time again about this, these struggles against the big sides. And other than the substitutions thing, which even yesterday I thought was a bit bit odd, some of the changes he made, I still think that he has to find a way in match to alter things and make an impression and have an impact from a tactical standpoint. And this is probably going to be the biggest test that he has because Roma, they find themselves, they're in third place now. They are high up in the table. They are four points behind the league leaders. And this is a match that, to put it bluntly, you can't lose. You cannot lose this match. Can't allow it to happen. And if they do, Andy, I I do think there are going to be some questions. And I'm not saying questions to the point of, 
do you give Fonseca the sack? But I think there will be serious questions in regards to why can this guy not beat the big sides? And up to date, again, I'm not going to discuss it specifically, the the statistics of it, but it is very, very bad the way he has struggled against Inter, Milan, Juve, Atalanta. I, I agree to an extent, but I still think that, uh, yes, there will be questions for Fonseca. There, there should be questions for, for the players as well. You know, course, this is... Yes. So I do think, again, that Fonseca does, from a tactical standpoint, he needs to find a way to make an impact on these big matches, and he has to find a way when things are not going well for Roma to alter things and make his presence known. And I don't think in these big matches he has done that. And I... I we pointed to it in the last couple of episodes, but the match against Juve, I feel, is the perfect example of this. Instead of telling your team you you have a man advantage, instead of telling your team, guys, push it. Uh, let's put our foot down on the gas a little more. Let's not sit back. Let's not just be content. He takes the opposite approach. I, I didn't like that. And I feel that is something that we have seen too many times. However, you brought this up a number of times already uh, within the last couple of months. But then you look at the match against Inter from last season. When you have Spinazzola, it, like his brain just malfunctions and he ends up conceding a penalty in the last minutes. So not all results are created equal. You have to take it match by match. But when I look at the ones from this season, Andy, I would say that they have been against the bigger sides. You have Napoli. Uh, they were not good against Milan, even though they got a draw away from home. Juve, I, I'm still shocked. I'm still lost for words that they didn't win that match simply by way of how much better they were. You know, this is... We're, we're sort of out of excuses now because you have the best Spinazzola. You have a Pedro who can sort of make up from the character standpoint that you lost in a guy like, I don't know, Kolarov. For me, Fonseca, now it feels as if the majority of the responsibility is on him. Yeah, we're, we're, we're saying this because we see teams that we expected to play better struggle. We see a, a, a Serie A standings table that, that really is unexpected. Um, it, everybody seems to be touchable, so... We are even more so critical and hungry for success uh, because there is a real possibility of of playing the underdog, of 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 of, of doing something out of nothing, you know, of, of really competing uh, for something that you know at the start of the season we didn't really expect, you know, nothing better than fifth place. And I think that a game against Atalanta at this point of, in you know, at this point of the season, really t will tell you a lot about this team, because I believe that if you if you don't grab any points uh, this time around, um, it will say something to the effect of, you know, what, no matter how well we've played in the last few months, um, clearly th there is, you know, there is a, there are things that this team can do, and there are things that this team cannot do. And maybe for the Champions League spot is not for us this season again, um, because in these matches, these matches you have to start winning them. You have to start uh, uh, getting that advantage of head to head, because at the end of the day, that's those are your opponents, those are your direct competitors that you have to have an advantage over. And uh, there are that's why there are no excuses, it's because we have uh, a season that is wide open. Anybody is every you know everything is up for grabs and everybody is in the run for it. So this is the moment to to take advantage of it. Uh, the Atalanta game would be a perfect starting point. I just don't know if we are up to it. Okay, so we discussed the match of yesterday, the match against Atalanta. Now I think it's time to get to the gripes that we have which have taken place over the last 16 to 18 hours, is it, give or take, since the match has ended? Very quickly, just a forewarning. I am going to apologize for Andy and myself in advance if you either A, don't really care what we're talking about, or B, can't relate to or don't understand what we're referring to, only because this is more of a critique on the Italian national media and Sky Sport. If you don't 
watch the matches on Sky Sports if you're not reading sort of the newspapers and the headlines and what everybody is saying about specific matches. This may be rather boring to you and you couldn't care less. However, this is something that I just have to get off my chest. And I know, Andy, you have very strong feelings about this because I've seen a few tweets of yours. So let me begin. I made the mistake of watching yesterday's match against Torino on Sky Sport. Now, in their infinite wisdom, Sky Sport, they thought, you know who we're going to have be the technical commentator for this match? You know who would be great in a match between Roma and Torino? We're going to put on a former goalkeeper who (laughs) played for not only Torino, but also Lazio and made, I, I don't have the exact figure in front of me, so maybe you can Google this quickly, at least over 300 appearances, and it may be more between those two clubs. That is the guy we're going to have give a very impartial analysis between Roma and Torino, and it's Luca Marchegiani. So 150 games for Torino, 250 for Lazio. <laughs> this is as if Bill Simmons, okay, was was commentating a finals match between the Celtics and the Lakers, and you yes. were looking <laughs> for an unbiased and objective opinion. That's probably the best metaphor that I can get, okay? I couldn't believe the commentary that was coming out of this guy's mouth throughout the match. I, I, I thought I had purchased Torino TV, and I just didn't know it. And then I made the mistake of unmuting after the match, and I had to listen to Sky's post-match analysis, and (laughs) I thought they won a football match by theft, and then they went out to Torino's team bus, set it on fire, they killed half of the Torino staff, Giampaolo, they slapped him and his nona upside the head. I I mean, I thought there were some egregious things done on the part of Roma simply based on the way Sky Sport was discussing this match. And then I see some of these headlines. Gazzetta dello Sport, Tutto Sport, which, okay, you know, Tutto Sport, if it doesn't have to do with Torino or Juve, you know, you might as well use it as toilet paper. But it's moments like this where you watch this, this agenda unfold And it really does feel like I watched a completely different match. Now, obviously, from our standpoint, people are going to say, well, you guys are biased on the opposite side of this. You're a Roma podcast. You're Roma supporters. Guys are essentially the Roma media. You write about Roma. You talk about Roma. So how can we take you serious? And that's absolutely fair enough. But, Andy, I I feel like I watched a completely different match than what I'm seeing many of these national journalists talk about. And, And... It's not often that I feel that way because, uh, of course, there's decisions that we can debate until the end of time. And it's pretty easy to see both sides. But I cannot fathom what I have been reading and seeing on social media. Yeah, the the stuff is still being printed about it. But what I think is... um because I'm trying to to think how we can uh, make it more relatable for for people from outside when you're not really in it. And it's probably for the best because you don't get to read the headlines or understand them or, you know, have to uh, uh, read the countless tweets uh, written by 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 people who uh, should really have another hobby um, that maybe just watching golf or, you know, going going fishing or something, because uh, it's a matter of narrative and a lot of times again it's 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 a question of how to tell a story what story to tell and in this game the story that was chosen to be told was the story of the re- refereeing which wasn't really as bad as people make it out to be considering the Serie A standards it, sorry and it is so fitting that the referee's co- or, surname is Abizo because i feel Abizo, like yeah. we are in an abyss of just crap analysis yeah. <laughs> crap discussion but go ahead i i interrupt no 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 but it, it's 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 understandable and it's it's uh it's it's even more it's odd because again not even a week ago um the the game against sassuolo was probably some of the worst refereeing display you can really see i mean it's for both teams um obviously for roma especially because roma were in the position to win that game the zerbi admitting it um and there was nothing about that game. There was there was nothing about that. Uh, Maresca right now is, is is I believe he's being suspended for like three games. He hasn't he hasn't uh, refereed any games in the Serie A. Um, and and it's uh, it's 
it's again, it's a matter of narrative of what story to tell because uh, you know how much time uh, Caressa's Sky Club, which is this show that they play in, in weekends after all the, the football games have been played, um, how much time they dedicated to, to Roma's win against Bologna, uh, five to one, uh, about seven seconds, about the time that it takes to say, and Roma beat Bologna, and now let's get back to the program. That That's how my, and that's the problem to me, is that that is how these stories are told, um, not even from a Roma perspective. I would say that from a fan perspective, if I'm getting the info from all these headlines, I'm, it's not really about football, it's about everything but football, uh, because there is no mention of Roma uh, controlling the game, um, if you go and watch the expected goals, they perfectly correspond to what what the final result was. So it's not a matter of of Roma was literally playing against Belotti because that's what Inter was yesterday. Inter was all about Belotti and is still all about Belotti, um, who's wasting away there. But it, it, the the easier story to tell, the juicier uh, is is to say something about the refereeing and and um, obviously. In 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 Italy, especially um, where where the, the politics I really really are felt in this game. I mean, you had Silvio Berlu- Silvio Berlusconi, who was the biggest, it, it was was the owner of Mediaset, and everything that was being printed and watched all over Italy was the president of Milan. So that's that's how um, how obvious it is in Italy. Uh, everything is is connected. And so again, that to me, it really bothers me to see a name like Di Bello, the guy who's sitting in the VAR room uh, making the decisions yesterday against Torino, um, being appointed as the, the official in another Roma game, following all the noise um, and all the speculations that uh, were, you know, were were, were created um, following his decisions and the ones by made by Abiso. It was terrible. It was... Listen... The the thing that probably bothers me most, it, and it's not even the Jekyll thing, the second booking of single was so obvious. I can't even understand the other side of this debate. It, am I crazy in that? I, I, I really can't because it is so abundantly clear that his boot goes right into the shin of Spinazzola. For me, I, it's almost as if there's two different realities when it comes to this episode. I don't understand the other side of it. I really don't. Because it's it's easy to latch onto the the images. I mean, you 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 probably saw it in, in Twitter. It was you know everybody from Pistocchi to even Mangiante, for Christ's sake, um, uh, who 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 said that uh, you know uh, who said that uh, he and all Roma supporters know that that was in the yellow that that was in the second yellow. You know all that's crap. Um, it what it, 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 it is because it's this information right now is so easy to manipulate you can you know you change the angle here you 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 stop the the replay there um i think that one of the things that really bothers me is that there is no uh, journalist on a national level like a, like a big guy who sits there in those same studios um meant to defend this club exactly um, Yes. Yes. Everybody should have a fair chance. If I if I have it's it's like if I put uh, De Rossi to, to 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 you know to to make a comment about a, a Lazio game, you know, the, obviously the guy is going to be biased because he lives to see Lazio lose every single game they play. So why would you have somebody that's <laughs> played for the direct opponent that Roma is facing and the probably biggest opponent that Roma have in their uh, neighbors. Uh, why, why is it that, that, that Roma can't have that one person that does the same thing? It should be, you know, it should be uh, a sort of a right of every team to have their um, sort of man in the studios to defend this club because sometimes it's what you need. It's it, sometimes it's good to have uh, a, a voice uh, that sort of uh, says, goes against the current of all the noise that, uh, that, that, that 
the world of media since yesterday night have been making in the past uh, 16 hours. My biggest issue now is, you just said it, there is nobody to defend Roma for me. You can't allow your club to be smeared like this. I'm sorry, Roma can't just sit back. And if I were them, I'd be like, okay, well, we are no longer credentialing your journalist. If this is how you want to speak about the club, if this is how you want to, if this is how you view us from an objective standpoint, that's fine. You are free to say that, but you know what? Your journalists are no longer welcome. This is beyond objective analysis. Yeah, it's spiraled out. This is not analysis yeah. anymore. We're, we're, we're yeah, beyond the, it. <laughs> yeah, we're beyond analysis. This is, you know, it's it's just a matter of, 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 uh, of playing the game fair and square, of uh, of really not being a punching bag, and and I guess every team has the right to do it. I mean, because uh, this is not something that applies only to Roma. There is all kinds of narratives floating around, um, and it, because it's very easy to do so. And uh, sometimes, if you, for example, Urbano Cairo, who's the owner of Gazzetta dello Sport, obviously, in the hours following uh, a, a match where your team got destroyed, and and there were some decisions that um, went against you just because you were on the losing side of it. Uh, you are going to demand that every single uh, article that is being written in the following hours is about um, Roma sort of stealing the game and 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 getting away with with an undeserved win uh, when it's not the case. And it's just a matter of of telling the story the way it is. Um, it's just a matter of, of of sort of being respectable, insightful and respectable at the same time. You can tell lots of sports-related, football-related stories about Serie A clubs without really, um, you know, uh, saying, oh, oh, this guy, you know, this team has won just because of this guy and, and, and this guy's... Like, I remember that time when, when Abiso... Made made some decisions against Inter and everybody dug up a, a photo of him uh, wearing the Milan shirt when he was like five years old, <laughs> right, right, uh, or, right. or, or or yeah, it just uh, or Giacomelli. Giacomelli, who, man, the best Facebook name that exists on planet Earth. Jack O'Malley, um, <laughs> having having his cover photo of of the match where he refereed Totti and 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 where Totti scored the winning goal for Rome against Sampdoria. That's, so uh, there's plenty of easy takes, but sometimes it's just a matter of keeping it respectable and also not focusing on that only whether if it's if if this i mean i would understand if this if roma won this uh, only based on that penalty you know if it was one to nothing just because of that penalty um but it wasn't the case it was a game where roma dominated from the get go uh and and torino never really had a chance Apologies if you uh, didn't understand what in the world we were referring to. Or and if you about. stayed around, if, if you stayed yes. around long yes. enough, then congrats. Like, uh, yes. that, that was incredible. Good job. Yeah, yes, yes. So that's where we're going to leave it. Thank you for listening. And we will talk to you in a few days after the match against Atalanta. So until then, ciao. Ciao.